Ek is excited oor die kinders wat saam met ons in die kerk is. Ek is excited oor die kinders wat saam met ons in die kerk is. We each Sunday we have this amazing opportunity to bring Jesus into lives of young people. And from a young age, the Bible says, if you bring the young ones up in my ways, when they get older, they won't forget it. And this is such an amazing opportunity. Yeah, the kerk voel nou vir my skielik, nou die kinders uit is, en voel die kerk amper half leeg. But you know, I know that Sharon and Carla, that's there now, they have this huge opportunity to not only preach Jesus and talk Jesus, you know, as, the, as my t-shirt says, but to be Jesus this morning. So Father, we pray for, for our kids' church workers that are busy this morning with our kids, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that this morning they will not just talk Jesus, but that they will be Jesus to those kids in Jesus' name. We pray that. Amen. Die Heere is die afgelopen paar weke, en I'm, I'm going to mingle sit this morning, ek gaan Afrikaans en Engels gooi, uh, so uh, forgive me for, for our English beautiful ladies there at the back, if I, every now and then when I do the Afrikaans, you, I, I, will, I promise you, 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 you'll pick it up on the, on the scriptures, and, and, uh, and, and maybe, and my wife always moans with me, she says, I, I repeat everything, you know, I say something four or five times, and that's why I can never preach half an hour, it always goes to 45 minutes, so I promise you, in some way or form, it's going to be repeated further on in the preach. But it's my belangrijk that elke ene wel kan oor en verstaan, dit wat ons oor praat in hierdie laaste paar weke. So in the past few weeks, we've been talking about living stones. And the Bible teaches us that each one of us, it's such a beautiful picture, it's like almost that God, God walks in His garden, you know. And then he, He's got this plan to build a spiritual house. A temple where he can come with his presence, with his Holy Spirit, and he can come and he can inhabit that amongst us. And then he walks in his, in his, in his, in his garden, you know, in our neighborhoods, in our, in our towns, and he walks around and he picks up stones. And the Bible says that stones that he picks up is you and me, <clears throat> because we're living stones. And God comes then. And when he comes to that spiritual house, and this, this Josh Jean Crabeau is just a spiritual house. It's not the spiritual house. It's a spiritual house. Crabeau has many beautiful other spiritual houses. But for us, it's Josh Jean here in Crabeau. And what happens is, is God then comes and he picks us up. And then he, he, he sends you here. And each one of us has been sent here by the Lord. I believe with my whole heart that niemand het hier aangekom sommer net toevallig nie. Dat die Heere het jou gestuur op een of ander manier die Heere jou gestuur hier na ons toe. Want dit is waar die Heere jou wil gebruik. Dit is waar die Heere vir jou as een steenkie wil insit en inbouw in een tempel saam met die rest van ons. En dan waarvoor ons een levendige tempel waar hy dan kan kom op een sondagmorgen, op een woensdagavond in die kom, maar ook daar waar ons by mekaar kom en mekaar sy huis te en saam keir en saam braai op een vrijdag aan, dan wil hy kom en hy wil teenwoordig wees tussen ons. En soos wat hy teenwoordig is, dan kyk die mense later aan vir ons en dan sê hy, ja, look at that Joshian gebouw. There's something different about those folks. There's something different about, there's something of, of what, they, what, they, what they display, there's something about what they model and it's beautiful. Because then, together, as a body, we display Jesus. 
We show Jesus to the world. And then when it's a really beautiful, healthy church, and when He's built us up, then Jesus puts us on a lamppost as a light that shines to the rest of the community and the rest of the town. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what we looked at over the past few weeks, is that we are a spiritual house. And last week, we said that as a spiritual house, God wants to mold us and shape us. I've also begin because most often we are very rough around the edges when we get to, to each other. And ons is was eerlijk met mekaar ook gewees. Ons het gesê dat ons is hier verskillende kultuur. Kijk ook alweer eens rondom jou. There's white folks around you and there's brown people. Wat ek weet nie wat die recht nou. Hoe nou soek sêke jou maar ons is verskillende kleere. Ons is wit en bruin mense. Daar is ons Sydney. Sydney wat sy nasie is jy? Koza of Zulu? Wat is jy? Koza. There's a Zulu man. Ach, Zulu man. There's a Koza man sitting amongst us and and so we, we look at ourselves and we are very differently shaped. There's English folks and there's a row Afrikaans men, so net Afrikaans verstaan, and there's people that only speak English. And then we look at ourselves and say, oh my goodness Lord, how are you going to shape these stones so that you are able to fit them together in this house? And so that we are able to live together and serve the Lord together as a one spiritual house because the Lord has a purpose for us Ephesians 1 my expert is he so Hierdie minute wat ons nou verloor, tel nou nie by my 30 minute in die leeuw nie hoor. Terwijl hulle sikkel. God has a purpose with the church. God has a purpose with this spiritual house that he, that he, that he has created. Ek gaan dit net lees. Listen to this. Ephesians 3 verse 10 says the following. God's purpose in this was to use the church, was to use the church to display his wisdom in rich variety to all the unseen rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. He wants to use this spiritual house to put it on a lamppost in this town and display himself, his goodness, his love, his freedom, his peace, his joy to this town that's what his heart is and so we looked at certain things and we said what is the things that's going to resist the work of the holy spirit in order to kind of just grind us off a little bit and, and what is that what can the common we said it's my own understanding it's previous teachings that brings me to this place and we said that we need to come to a place in Joshian Krobo where we submit ourselves not to Willem's teachings or Joshian's teachings, but to what the Bible says and the Word, because that is most probably, actually it is, the only thing that we can trust to be the truth. That's what the Bible teaches us. You can't even trust my Word because even I have the ability to sometimes say something that's not completely true. Is it wrong? So we use the Word and we go back to the Word and we say, Lord, 
teach us through your word how do you want to fit us together and if there's anything that the word says but your subiki challenge that miskin subiki teen jou ek hou nie van wat ek hoor nie dis nie lekker nie then the bible say we need to come and we need to submit that to the lord not to me but submit it to the lord and say lord this is not lekker but you can cut you can chop that part off because it's not of you because the bible teaches me otherwise is that good yes. are you with me and this morning we're going to look a little bit further and we're going to look at 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 two other things that's going to come in direct conflict with what the lord wants to do in our midst it comes into direct conflict into what the lord is building with us because you want to know something we are in a war ons is in 'n oorlog if you want to know it or not the, the day that you give your life to the lord jesus christ the bible teaches us that a war erupts around you and that war will be with us until the day that you die you will never be free from that war and it's very important that each one of us realize that there's a war around us and that we have enemies and this morning's title if i have to give it a title is our common enemies ons vyande wat ons almal deel en in gemeen het common enemies we're going to do the first one enemy number 1 is satan and his fallen angels you know satan hates the church do you know that he hates it when we come together like this he will hate it that day that when we start really becoming that healthy church that jesus talks about in his bible when we found that unity that that the bible talks about when we start displaying jesus healthily through through us satan hates that and he will do anything and everything in his power to destabilize and to disrupt and to destroy what jesus is building in this church i promise you that the bible says john 10:10 it says the following gaan nou afrikaans lees 'n dief kom net om te steel en te slag en uit te roei ek het gekom sodat hulle kan lewe hê in dit in oorvloed die dief gaan kom 1 peter 5 vers 8 says be alert and sober minded look at what the, the kyk na die taal gebruik your enemy talks about an enemy and you only have an enemy when you're in a war It says your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It's going to happen in here. He's going to he's going to walk around us and he's going to look for someone to devour. Luke 22 verse 31. He says Simon Simon I brought the Petrus hier so. I say Simon Simon Satan has asked to sit, sit, sift each of you like wheat. And I went and looked at the at, at the word sift and it sounds like actually you know dadelik dinke mense wanneer jy 'n bietjie meel sif uh, wanneer jy brood bak is moes nou lekker it makes it all fluffy and beautiful and for die meel lyk baie beter aan die ander kant it's not the type of sifting that we're talking about if you want to get that 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 corn uh, not corn what do you call it uh, die 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 koring uit die uit die koring it's it's a rough process jy moet hard met daai ding werk om daai koringkorrel uit om uit te kry en as die bybel praat van om om gesif te word then it's talking about a, a, a process 
That's robust. It's talking. And, and I looked at some of the synonyms. When you take that word sift and its original meaning, some of the synonyms talks about pick you to pieces, to tear you apart, to ruin you, to ruin you. So when it says that, it says Satan has asked to pick you apart, to tear you apart, to ruin you. That's what Satan is expecting. That is what Satan's goal is. We're in a war. And one of the strategies is that the enemy does, and what Satan does is, he, the, one of the first things he does is, he isolates you. He puts you on a little island where it's only you, me, myself, and I. Because he knows when you are isolated, as you your eyes stand, it's very makkelijker om by jou uit te kom, is baie makkeliker, have you ever watched one of those uh, wildlife things? The lions always, when they hunt, they always try and isolate one of the smaller bokkies, of een van die bokke. Dan, dan as hulle, as hulle dit jaag, dan gaan soek hulle vir die enekie wat in kan staan. Want hulle weer is baie makkeliker om jou proe te vang, as hy op sy eie is, in plaas van as hulle binnen in die trop is. And that's what the enemy does with us as well. So what happens? What happens? Someone will say something. And then you take offense to what that person has said. And immediately you are isolated. Immediately in your heart, you, 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 you are away from the tribe. You are away from, from the flock. Because that's what, 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 uh, what offense do. Offense, one, someone once said, offense puts a box on your head. And the only thing that you can see and hear is your own opinions from there on end. That's what, what, what offense does. As iemand het ding sê, en jy hou nie van wat hy sê nie, en jy is nog smak paard sê die ou. That's what he does. The tactic that the enemy uses, and it's actually a Roman, I, I looked it up, the Romans started using this tactic in battle. And they call it, divide and conquer. You know that, divide and conquer. And what they used to do is, if they knew, if they can divide the army into certain sections through various tactics, it was a lot easier to overcome that army and that enemy if they are broken up into smaller packs. And that is so often what the enemy tries to do with us. First, he brings one person that gets offended. And as the person so big quiet as for the one, come on, as Jane, as Jane, as Jane, as Jane, Sondag met my gebeur het nie. Hierdie ouwe dit vir my gedoen. Kan jy dit geloof? En hy sê nie, I pull Sujain with me. And Sujain goes to him Andre and she just says the same thing for him. And suddenly there's two packs. And the enemy knows they divided. Now he can come and conquer. And it's something that we have to be so wary of. Die skrif wat sê, Be wary of the schemes of the enemy. Ons moet bewus wees daarvan. Ons moet bewus wees daarvan. And the funny thing is, ja, kom ek los het daar. Kom ons los het daar. Ephesians 6 verse 2, 12 says the following to us. Ephesians 6, it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The enemy loves to show us a picture and paint a picture that our enemy is the person that's standing in front of me. He loves doing that. He loves setting us up and telling us that this person 
is the object of my, of my, of my fight, is the object of my offense. And we don't look at what is standing behind that person. Ons kyk so baie keer kyk ons dit mis, en dan wat hy doen is, is die persoon staan op die voorgrond. Die Bijbel praat van een prentje, en ek, ek love the picture that the Bible paints. The Bible says, firstly, he uses the picture of marriage. En wat gebeur is met, 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 met trouwe is, jy het twee mense, and when you become married before God, that two people become one flesh, the Bible says. Nee, Hulle weet ons van die skrifversie, then they become one. Nee? Hulle wakker? Ja. Dankie, is al nie mannig. So the Bible says two becomes one. And the amazing thing is, he's got the same picture that he paints about the church. Hy sê in die Bible, dat wanneer ons so by mekaar kom, dan bou hy ons in die eerste plek in een spiritual house. En dan die ander gedeelte wat hy ook sê is, we become one body. Which is amazing. We become one body. So that same type of talk or language that he uses with, with when pe- two people become married, the same one he talks about us is that two people become one, but he says also we become one body. And the thing is, is we need to know that we have a common enemy as this one body of Christ. That the minute that we become one body, suddenly our enemy becomes one enemy. And so often we start looking at each other as the enemy, instead of looking at Satan and his fallen angels, the demons, as our enemy, as our common enemy. I'll never forget this. Dit was a hele paar jaar terug. And the enemy just worked in my mind. And he kept on giving me this... this uh, uh, um, perception that my and this is going to sound crazy to you but it's, it's quite a few years it was bef- just, just when I met Leone it was about 12 years ago that I had this perception that my family was turning against me <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous but what happened is, is, is my sister would say something and then my brother would say the same thing and then my mom would say something in the similar vein and then the, the enemy started painting a picture in my head and in my heart that my whole family was against me. To the, to the point that one Saturday evening, I went over to my parents' place and everybody was gathered there together. My brother was there, my sister was there with their families and they all came together. But I wasn't there and I felt so left out and I felt so, you know, they don't love me anymore and all of that type of things that the enemy tried to show me. And I went there and I packed out and I said, listen, you might just be for my evening, blah, 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 blah. And the, the minute that I said it, it was almost like scabs. And the minute that it got out, I saw, oh my goodness, I've, I've been lied to. I've been deceived. And I believed it for quite a few months and it was scary to me to see how easy it is for the, for the enemy to manipulate our thoughts, and manipulate our circumstances and our interactions with each other. And to play us almost like fools sometimes. And then suddenly, when the Holy Spirit comes in with truth, then you realize, oh my goodness, I I, I was deceived too. And I I fell for that. I fell for that. And I want to end off before we move on to 
to the next enemy and the last enemy actually. The 1995 World Cup, you remember that? Francois Pinar and Ali they won the World Cup and it was absolutely amazing. And I'll never forget that. We felt like the Rainbow Nation and we were called from there on end the Rainbow Nation. Because people from all tribes and nations and all kinds of things, they were together and we felt that rugby put us together. Rugby het ons by mekaar gebring, rugby het iets kon doen wat niks anders kon doen nie. En dit was die ding wat ons as een nasie dat samensmeld het, onthou jy dit die tyd? You remember that time? And I remember a few years ago, actually quite a few years ago, there were some chinks in the armor that started developing in South Africa. And suddenly, racial divisions and racial tensions flared up again. And I saw that what the World Cup showed us, op die oppervlakte, you know, superficially, that the World Cup tried to show us that, look what rugby has done, it's bound us together, it's made us a family. But I realized then, that is unity is going to depend on us as people. We're never going to get there. It's going to always be superficial because that is the only thing. Us as people, and I'm talking about ons ook hier binnen die kerk ook. Ons gaan nooit die unity kan werk onder mekaar. Wat rarig waar die diepte het en die liefde het wat van die Heere afkom. Ons kan probeer, ons kan altyd daarvoor streef en is mooi. Maar as die Heere ons nie gaan help nie. As die Heilige Geest het nie binnen in ons gaan werk nie dan gaan het altyd maar net oppervlakkig bly. Dan gaan die eerste dingiekie wat kom, die eerste biekie ontevredenheid wat kom, gaan die mat onder ons uitdruk, en dan gaan ons die oog genade, ons was nie rarig so lief in mekaar, so dat ons gedink het ons gaan wees nie. Because that is just how it works. We don't have the ability in us as people, to work unity like Jesus can. So my first question to you is this morning, as a family sitting here this morning, are we going to bring this thing, this common enemy that you and I both have, which is Satan, are we going to bring it to the Lord this morning and say, Lord, as a family, we say we can't look at ourselves to fight this alone, but we want to submit to you, Jesus, who can bring true unity, who can bring true oneness amongst us, and we want to submit to you as people and say, Lord, work in our hearts. Work in our hearts so that we become a people that face a common enemy. Not each other, but that our enemy is Satan and his fallen angels. Is that good? Do you agree with me this morning on that? The second enemy that I want to talk about, and it's going to fill in with the first one, and I'm going to show you how now, is my flesh. My sinful nature. The Bible teaches us that all of us has been born with a sinful nature. We have all been born into sin. You know that. Weet jylle daarvan? Om al ek soos of hulle aan die slaap geraak. Wie jylle stretch? We all have a sinful nature. The minute that I got saved, the only thing that happened is, is Jesus saved and he made my spirit new. But my soul, my mind, my will, my actions, 
all still is under my sinful nature. That hasn't made, been made new. But what comes is with salvation is, is Jesus puts me in a position, I sit me in a position, where for the first time in my existence, the Holy Spirit is in me. And now suddenly I have the power through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus that empowers me to resist my flesh, to tap into the Holy Spirit and live through my spirit so that I do not have to yield and submit under my flesh. That's the only thing that happens. But the tentacles of sin, thy fuss over the sin of my head and on various parts of my life is still there. And that is a process that, that, we will walk, <clears throat> that we walk out with the Lord from today and from the day that you give your life to the Lord until you die. You're never free from that. And that's a war that you will never be free from, unfortunately. And I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm saying to you that's just the reality of that. But what I can know is, and, and I think those of us that has walked with the Lord for 30 years and, and longer, they can testify that the process gets a lot easier as you walk on. That first time when you have to submit your flesh, it's like, hey, no, does he have me? And that second time, it, it's difficult. But as you grow older with the Lord, it becomes easier. And then the Holy Spirit starts showing you things. And you say, oh, sorry, Lord, I want to give this to you. Because I've seen how you take that and make something beautiful of that. And it becomes a thing of trust and faith in the Lord. And not so much, again, dependent on me needing to sacrifice that. <clears throat> so I would encourage you. That process gets easier, but it's still a process until the day that we die. I want to give you some scriptures again quickly, but praat juist van, it's a war. Galatians 5 vers 17 sê die volgende, Wat ons sondige natuur begeer, is in strijd met wat die geest wil. En wat die geest wil, is in strijd met wat ons sondige natuur begeer. Hier die twee staan lijnrecht teen oor mekaar. En daarom kan jullie niet doen wat jullie graag wil nie. There's a war inside of each one of us. There's a war inside each one of us. And you know what? We've got that enemy in common. That same war that is in with you is the same war that is in with me. We've got this enemy in common. 1 Peter says the following. It says, Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners... To keep away from worldly desires, look at this, that wage war inside your very souls. There's a war of the flesh inside each one of us. And we need to know about that war. And what every now and then, and that now come ons terug na, na die eerste gedeelte, to die duivel wat baie keer ons so teen mekaar gebruik. Because what happens now? Because our sinful nature, because our flesh isn't fully submitted to the Lord yet. Most often, it is that sinful nature in us, it is that flesh in us, that will make us do something in this church that will hurt one of your brothers and sisters. Do you know that? Do you agree with that? This ons wat baie keer is a gedeelte van my wat is nou, ek gaan a voorbeeld gebruik. Ek is dalk, miskien is daar een gedeelte in my eie leven wat nog nie vir die heren gesubmit is, in termen van ongeduld. 
Ek raak verskrikkelijk vinnig ongeduldig. Nou sê ek vir ouwe ding, nou het ek in Apple vrou een keer een ding sê, dan moet hy recht wees. Nou is ons bezig hier met die setta. En die kinders help vir my of, Chris help vir my. En ek sê vir Chris, Chris, jy moet ons nie daarom gooi hierna toe bring. En ek sê, Chris, doe net die eerste keer recht neem. En ek sê, Chris, die ding moet daar staan. Sê ek het tweede keer. Maar Chris, jy sê dat hy spris is nie, hy verstaan my nie toe. Ek praat ook miskien baie wei. En die derde keer, dan kom my vlees, my flesh, my impatience, and it rises up in me. En ek sê, Chris, is blief, ek het vir jou gevraad, die ding moet hier staan. And suddenly I hurt him. Suddenly I'm not displaying it. That's why I wore my t-shirt this morning and saying, what are we displaying? It doesn't help we say with our mouths we're talking Jesus, but our hearts and our actions display something different. But, it's going to be inevitable. I promise you, at some point, our flesh amongst each other will hurt each other. And you know what? It's almost, if we talk about that, that, that picture of the body, it's almost like a finger poking himself in the eye. Do you know that? It's, it's funny how, how, how the picture of the, it's amper as if you finger in your eye oog druk. Because we're a body. And as we mekaar seer maak dier ons vlees, dan is het net so goed, ek druk my finger in my eie oog. And then the whole body looks at, at, at the finger and says, wat maak jy nou? Jy kan ons hier opself in die oog en druk jy nou arme oog en, and you know, it hurts the rest of the body when we do that. It hurts the rest of the body when we allow our flesh to be more prominent than our spirits in this family. Want die ander, die ander dele van die, van die body sien het raak. Dit gaan raak gesien word as die, as, as die vinger omself in die oog gaan druk. It's going to be seen. And it's so important for us to come and say, Lord Jesus, whenever I am with my family, I submit my flesh, I submit my sinful nature to you. Help me this morning, Lord. Help me this morning, Lord. That when I come between my brothers and my sisters and the rest of the body, but when it does happen, I said, well, is at the end van ons miskien wel a fout mark. And I'm asking you guys, it's a common enemy. Don't look at your brother and your sister and say, Sies, kijk hoe like die vlees in jou. Oh, dis lelik. But rather help your brother and your sister and say to each other, listen, I see some flesh in you right now. Chris moet na my toekom en sê, Boeta Willem, weet jy dat jy daar ongedillig gewees met my? Weet jy dat is jou vlees? Let's help each other and say, listen, let's pray together, man. Let's pray that that piece of flesh that just actually hurt me right now. I want to pray with you because you know you're not my enemy. Our common enemy is your flesh because the same flesh that is in you is also in me. And you might need me now, but next time I'm going to need you. Do you see that? All right. James 4 verse 1 says, what is causing the quarrels and the fight amongst you? Don't they come from the evil desires of that war that is at war within you? You see the, the, the language the Bible is using. There's a war around us. And then it says, verse 7, what should our attitude be when we come to church together? When we visit each other in, the, in our homes? It says, humble yourselves. 
before God. Resist the devil in your flesh and he will flee from you. That's what God is expecting of each one of us. There's another scripture, and I actually have a longer piece, but I need to shorten this now, so I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will just speak into our hearts. The thing is that God does, and I don't understand always, you know, you know God decided to do this. He brings us together unshaped. And also, rover to sun, like diamonds, that's, that's, that's still rough. Diamonds that still needs to be slated, and diamonds that still needs to be rubbed and, 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 and polished. And he puts us together in this form, you know. So we're almost being set up for disaster, you know. Do you realize that? He's setting us up almost to come to a, to, together. And, and it's bound to happen. It's bound at some point that either the enemy or either our flesh will set us up in such a way that we're probably going to hurt each other. And we're probably going to do something that offends or upsets one another. And the Bible speaks of that, you know. It's crazy, but the Bible speaks of that. Psalm 23, it says the following. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And I don't know about you guys, but when I see a table, my auntie at the table, my family is there. I can't wait my ear as an auntie at the My family is there with me. And the Bible says that God actually puts us at our table with the rest of our enemy, our family, and our enemies are there. Our enemies are present there. But He gives us this promise where He says, You anoint my oil, my head with oil. The Holy Spirit is also with us. And the Holy Spirit, if we submit to Him, if we humble ourselves before Him, the Holy Spirit is also with us. And then we do, our eyes are not in each other to bring unity. Our eyes are not in each other not to hurt each other, but our eyes then are on Jesus that's sitting there with us, amongst our enemies, our flesh and the enemy, to be with us and empower us to do something that we are not able to do amongst ourselves. Andrew tells a story. I'm answering the question, I asked the question, now why does God put us together like this, unpolished? Why does God put us together like this where there's so much of our flesh in us? Why is He building church like this with believers that's, that, 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 that has known the Lord for such a long time, guys that has just received the, the Holy Spirit? Why does He put us together like this? I'm answering that question. Andrew tells a story. Him and Enzi, early on in their marriage, they fought like cats and dogs. And I think one of you, you may have heard it on the orientation. They had a terrible marriage when they, when they got married, Andrew and MC. And they fought about everything and everything. And one day they were fighting with each other. And they knew the Lord. Andrew was in ministry by then. So Andrew went to the Lord and said, Lord, I think I made a mistake. I, I think I should never have married her. And sometimes when I look at church, I think, oh Lord, we should never have started this church. Oh my goodness, Lord, what have we done? There's not a chance that we will be able to do what you want to do with this church. There's no way that we can do the unity and the one-mindedness that the Bible speaks about. And Andrew was like that before the Lord. And, and then that one day they had another fight. 
And Andrew said the following, and they were shouting at each other, and Andrew said this. He looked at MZ and he says, you know what? You bring out the worst in me. And the minute that Andrew said that, the Holy Spirit said, you see, you see, if it wasn't for MC in your life, you would not have been in a position to see the flesh that is still in you. To see those places in your own heart where the enemy is still using to deceive you and bring out the worst in you. And you know what? In this house, sometimes, pray, I pray not a lot, but sometimes you and I will bring out the worst in each other. We will be the place that God actually uses as He sits us around the same table. As He sits us around the same table with our enemies. God will use each other sometimes to just bring out that piece of flesh that is still in me. And when I feel irritated and when I feel impatient and when I feel insecure, when I feel something that my flesh pops up, God will use that to bring healing, to bring restoration, because that's the way sometimes that these things come out. Are you with me? So I want to paint a picture, and I'm, I'm ending with this. I'm painting a picture, uh, John, uh, John. Paul paints a picture in the Bible. And I want to say again to you, all of the things that we talked about now, when it comes to our flesh, when it comes to the enemy, when it comes to all of the things, if it is up to you and me, we will not be able to do it because we don't have what it takes. We don't have what it takes. We people, we humans, we need the Lord Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to do what Philippians... Philippians paints a picture... And it's an impossible picture. I'm telling you now, it's an impossible picture. It's almost like showing us something. And I'm looking at that and I'm saying, Lord, how on earth are we ever going to get there? How on earth will we ever be able to be what you say we need to be? But I'm asking you this morning, as a congregation, can we come together this morning and not submit to each other, but submit to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord... We might not be able to do. Philippians says the following. It says, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another. Working together and with one mind and one purpose. The impossible task. <laughs> it's an impossible task. But I'm, my eyes are fully fixed on the Holy Spirit. My eyes are fully fixed on Jesus that is within us. And working in us to do something that we cannot do on our own. And I want to ask you guys, are you with me on this? Are you with me on this to say, Lord Jesus, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes for your vision of Josh Jenkrabo. For your vision for what you want for us. For what you are building we are willing to submit to that process. Are you guys with me on this? Yes. Alright. We're going to share communion. We're going to bring in the kids now. And I want to ask you guys this. There's not a lot of us here. But if the Lord arranged it like this. The Bible says if there's anything that you got, it has against your brother or your sister. Go to that brother and make it right before you do communion. 
in order not to bring judgment upon yourself. You know that scripture. So I want to give you guys an opportunity. If there is something that the enemy has been using to stir division in your heart. To isolate you away from this family that God has placed you into. I want to give you the opportunity with this communion. If that person is not here, I want you to do it in your heart. I want you to, come, I want you to say, listen, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for what I, what I allowed in my own heart. But if that person is here, oh, amazing. I want you to go to that person this morning and say, listen, my brother, my sister, I just want to pray with you. You don't, you don't even have to pack it up. You don't even have to tell what it's about. Maybe it just lies in a hug. Maybe it lies in, in praying together. But I want us to this morning to say to each other, listen, we're going to walk forward on our knees before the Lord, trusting on Him to work what we cannot do. Is that good? Alright. Ik ga zo niet naar mijn eigen. Alleen wat is het? Wie doen is ik kan er zo komen.